from the rule of our Holy Father, St. Benedict, chapter the seventh, De Humanitate, continued. The seventh degree of humility is that he should not only call himself with his tongue lower and viler than all, but also believe himself in his inmost heart to be so, humbling himself, and saying with the prophet, I am a worm and no man, the shame of men and the outcast of the people. I have been exalted and cast down and confounded, and again it is good for me that thou hast humbled me, that I may learn thy commandments. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us. It often happens that a man may profess himself to be, as St. Benedict says, lower and of less, less account than others. But as soon as someone or something reminds him of this, he takes offence. There is much to be said for being quite ordinary and unremarkable. Just another chap doing his best to say his prayers, avoid sin, and get to heaven without leaving too much wreckage behind him on earth. But things are rarely that simple. We are complex characters. It is salutary on certain days and at certain hours in life to say to oneself, Self, you are not all that special. You're not the exception. You're not above or beyond or outside of the vast mass of the children of Eve. There's something very dangerous about thinking, I'm so different. Nobody understands me. Nobody is like me. Nobody thinks or feels or sees or suffers as I do. I am so unique, so special, so different that I am altogether in a class by myself. Unfortunately, there are parents today who will say to a small child, Oh, you're so unique, you're so special, you're so different. You're in a class by yourself, only mommy understands you. Hmm, not very helpful uh, when the child has to function in the real world. For the man who thinks like this, life is an endless, tragic drama in which he is the star and in which he expects everyone around him to play the supporting cast. In the seventh degree of humility, St. Benedict gives us three passages from the Psalms. You have to look at them very carefully. <coughs> Each one constitutes a progression in the seventh degree. The first is Psalm 21, 7. 
a prophecy of the suffering Christ. But I am a worm, and no man, the reproach of men, and the outcast of the people. St. Benedict is suggesting here that one must look first to Christ, the suffering servant, and insofar as possible see one's own reality in the light of his. Psalm 21 was intoned by our Lord from the cross, and it is in some way illumined by the canticle of the servant in Isaiah 53. Despised and the most abject of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with infirmity, and his look was, as it were, hidden and despised, whereupon we esteemed him not. This text was translated in the um, version known to St. Therese as, and his countenance was, as it were, hidden. And this goes to the heart of the devotion to the holy face of Jesus, such as St. Therese understood and practiced it. All of life's lows and letdowns are an opportunity to meet the suffering Christ, to identify with him, and to pass over with him into the glory of the Father. This goes also to the heart of Mother Mathilde's understanding of our contemplation of the Sacred Host. It is an opportunity to relate our hiddenness to the hiddenness of God in the host, our silence to the silence of God in the host, our being made little of by men to the sacred host of which men make so little, our ordinariness to the ordinariness of the sacred species. The second verse, chosen by St. Benedict, is Psalm 87, 16. I have been lifted up only to be brought low and confounded. Life can be a roller coaster. The acclamations of Palm Sunday, Hosanna, Julio David, change rather quickly into the cruel vociferations of Good Friday. Crucifige, crucifige eum. Again, in the school of Mother Mathilde, we learn to look at the immobility and changelessness of the host. And we find therein the secret of an unshakable stability in God, akin to what we sing every day in the hymn at Nome. Rerum Deus tenax vigor, immortus in te permanens, lucis diurne tempora successibus determinans. O strength and stay upholding all creation, whoever dost thyself unmoved abide, yet day by day the light and due gradation from hour to hour through all its changes die. 
The third verse that St. Benedict gives us is Psalm 118, 71. It is good for me that thou hast humbled me, that I may learn thy commandments. It is good for me that thou hast humbled me, that I may learn thy commandments. St. Thomas Aquinas says that at times God permits a man, uh, permits a man to fall into a sin in order to cure him of the greater sin of spiritual pride. I remember the first time I, I read that it was I found it rather shocking. And uh, it's presented as obviously God does not will sin. Uh, I think what St. Thomas is saying there is that God will make use of a man's fall into a shameful sin to cure him of uh, the worst sin, which is pride. The verse must be understood in the light of Hebrews 5.8. Whereas indeed he was the Son of God, Christ learned obedience by the things which he suffered. All of the things that we see as setbacks, injustices, trials, and even failures are in effect lessons by which we learn what God said to the prophet Isaiah, my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are exalted above the earth, so are my ways exalted above your ways, and my thoughts above your thoughts. I thank um, all of you for making yesterday such a beautiful day for our family. Um, with the clothing of Brother Thomas Aquinas, I know that each one contributed uh, in some way to um, making the day uh, memorable and, and beautiful. Um, such celebrations strengthen us in charity, especially when they oblige us to go out of ourselves um, and do something uh, beyond what we would normally do, uh, something in, in, the way of, in the way of service. Uh, and, and in this way, each man goes beyond himself and charity is strengthened. Um, I did say in my sermon yesterday at the clothing that in my estimation, uh, we are, uh, I think, a community blessed thus far uh, with a special grace of fraternal charity. And my prayer is uh, that we go forward uh, in, the, in the same fraternal charity, never falling away from it, never forsaking charity, uh, but uh, seeing 
in everything asked of us an opportunity to lay down our lives for one another. You've heard me say over and over again that charity in the monastery produces unity, and unity is the assurance of a monastery's fecundity, fruitfulness. The only thing that can account for the sterility of a monastic community is um, a want of unity, and the want of unity uh, always uh, stems from um, a failure to live in charity, and the failure to live in charity comes from uh, pride. So all of this is related to the to the. Um, 12 Degrees of Humility in, in Chapter 7. In nearly every case, when a man sins against charity, if he uh, take the image of trying to find out what's wrong when an automobile stalls on the motorway, and you have to get out and look under the hood and find out what's not functioning, when a community stalls in fraternal charity, if you look under the hood, the issue is always one of pride. Always. Um, so uh, we are making progress in charity, and this is my prayer that we continue to grow in love for one another. Um, uh, laying down our lives, or as a, a founders of the 19th century said, quoting St. Paul, Spending oneself, gladly will I spend myself. She quotes St. Paul and says, and be spent for your sakes. So the willingness to spend oneself uh, for one.